What's up, y'all? Welcome to Saturdays and Seltzers. Super exciting show for you guys this week, talking all things Stanley Cup playoffs. We will be bringing you guys a show like this for probably the rest of the stretch of the postseason. Sarah also has a lacrosse show coming on Tuesday, so make sure you stay tuned for that and check that out. Let's have an awesome show, you guys. Love you so much. Let's go. It's Saturday. Yeah. Gonna talk a little bit, sip a little bit. Sarah. Kendra, I see you ladies. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. Uh. <laughs> Looking like you just graduated. Woo. Coming from a place that y'all gravitate. Looking like a boss, I just had to say. Woo. I know you got the sauce, no potato bread. All right, sis, knock him out, Mike Tyson. What is up, party people? Welcome to Saturdays and Seltzers. We are back after a little bit of a break to focus on ourselves and school and stuff like that. Only a week, so I guess like a little bit of a break, but not really. Um, My name is Kendra Middleton, and I am joined by my co-host, Sarah Griffin. Sarah, I know we're sick, and it's potential Bruins elimination, but other than that, how are we doing? Pretty good. Uh, Busy, good, tired, (laughs) sick. Yeah, I feel like you're so close to just like being into the summer and like being done though that it, like at least the end is near. I'm just like, cause I was like, oh yeah, by the end of this month I'll be good. But then I'm like, I'm moving, then work's ending, then I have to start my new job, and then going away for Albany for the PLL. I'm like, it just like never fucking ends. <laughs> I know. Well, at least you're like, I feel like PLL is like a little bit like I don't want to say easier work because you still have to keep up with it, but at least you're not on your computer like 25 eight at night like you are now. Yeah, that is the one good thing because I think I'm just going to wait just this summer. So I'm like, I can maybe get back on a normal sleep schedule kind of and yeah. I won't be up till 4 a.m. every night. Yeah. And it's your birthday coming up too. So like everything's just like rolling in. Also, sure. um, not that I need to say this on the podcast or like you don't know this answer, but if you need help moving and carrying stuff, I don't <laughs> mind helping. <laughs> I think that you knew that already though. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, Sarah's like so busy that I was waiting on a text like the day before, like, Hey, can you help me move? That's the other thing I've like, I like destroyed my room. Cause I was like, I need to pack all this up, but I've just been so busy. It's just been fucking sitting there. Cause I'm like, I haven't had a free moment. So like, I actually like, it's going to take me days and I just haven't had the time. So yeah. All right. Well, if you are new here, we do a segment to start off our show every week called our HLH, which is our high low hero of the last week. So good stuff that happened, bad stuff that happened and unexpected good stuff to happen just because we try to keep it pretty positive around here, I guess, most of the time. (laughs) Um, Sarah, do you have an HLH? Also, I do have a smasher pass, but I'm going to open them now while you talk and get through it. Uh, my high would probably be one. I went to the Bruins game Sunday. It was super fucking fun. I was so glad that I was there for that game. And also I'm done with finals. So those were my two big high. Low has just been as much as I love the playoffs and I like love that I've been able to like work and like get to just watch it every single night. I'm exhausted. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, I feel like on top of that now just being sick. And I'm just constantly, constantly working, which is fine. Like, it's so, like, it's a nice gig, but yeah, it's been a lot. Then my hero, what is my hero? Me crashing your Albany trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my hero. Um, I got both my, I 
published my first PLL article for yeah. like the actual PLL and then also my second one. So Heck yeah. that was kind of my hero. I read your first one, have not read your second one. Um, super cool. Congratulations. Seeing you on the homepage is kind of lit. <laughs> also, I think we are going to do, I think we're going to do a tequila. Well, I'm not, you are doing a tequila Tuesday episode for all the lacrosse stuff to catch up on. Yeah. There's like so much lacrosse that's gone on between NLL playoffs. Then there's the selection show for, uh, college playoffs and now everything with the draft. So it would be way too much to put in the show. <laughs> yeah. And I think we might have a guest or two on for that. Hopefully knock on wood. Yes. Um, maybe I'll do something for the NBA. Maybe, yeah. we, maybe we could do like two shows. I'll find like an NBA guest or something like that, or talk to myself for an hour. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Perfect. Um, anything else? Nope. All right. My high of the week. <laughs> I'm going to piss a lot of people off right now, but I really don't care because I already have, um, my high of the week. Actually, I think I have two. One is fucking pissing off Celtics fans. I love Celtics fans, but I did not realize how soft Celtics Twitter is. And I am saying that with my full fucking chest, you guys are soft. And it's like, Patriots fans, Bruins fans, Red Sox fans, even Red Sox fans, not so much, but Patriots and Bruins fans can fucking take the slander. They like can, you know, beef with you back and forth. Celtics fans are fucking soft. Like I retweeted this tweet by the books last night and like one Celtics fan came into my comments and was like bitching me out and like did not know the rules of basketball. And finally, after like my like year of actually being on Twitter, Bucks Twitter found me and slandered this man it was fucking (laughs) unreal because like people were bitching about this like one play last night that some people thought was a foul but if you zoom in it was absolutely not um and don't get me wrong I am well aware that the refereeing has been atrocious during this series but at least it's been pretty atrocious on both sides of the basketball and it's like if you're pissed off about that I realize that basketball is the sport where referees do change the game the most but it's been at least it's been consistently awful so it's like and we're without Chris Middleton too they were without Marcus Smart for one game so I think that Celtics fans just need to like grow the fuck up See, I'm like, I see all Celtics fan stuff because obviously I follow mostly Boston Twitter, but I don't pay attention to anything basketball really. So I usually just keep scrolling. So I have like no real. <laughs> it's tough because like, I love Celtics fans. Like they're the most woke fans in Boston. Like they are very progressive, very cool. I feel like that's the NBA as a whole, but like, I want to like have like a, like friendly banter for the like next like week or so like we're playing each other it's a great series like let's talk shit let's have fun stop fucking crying you big babies like come in my twitch chat and talk shit if you want but like stop crying on the internet it's just like I don't know it's been a good series grow up and enjoy it I don't know fucking whatever I've had a good time trolling Celtics fans um my other high of the week that I don't have written down because it just happened like 10 minutes ago I signed a pretty exciting deal with Dunkin Donuts so your girl is now a Dunkin ambassador hell yeah so I feel like that's super exciting because I love Dunkin so watch out for some Dunkin content coming soon I'm really excited to be working with them um that being said my lows of the week Patrick Marlowe retired which like good for him. He should 23 seasons fucking King. 
Like I am just blessed to be able to grow up like in a time where I got to watch him. I feel like I was going to wear book stuff today, but since it's like our NHL special, I wore my shark shirt. Um, so love him. I'm sad, but happy. It's like conflicting. I don't know. I'm sure you feel something mm-hmm. like, even though you're not a Sharks fan, I feel like as a hockey fan, you probably feel some type of way about it. Oh yeah. I mean, 23 seasons. Everyone fucking loves that guy. How can you not? Yeah. Like I'm so huge surprise to anyone, but it's just weird. Cause I feel like the tides really have been turning the last season or so just from you seeing like these guys have been in the league now forever. Like they're starting to, their careers are running down. They're starting to retire. It's weird to see. Yeah, it feels like my childhood is like falling apart in a weird way. Like once <laughs> once Ovi retires, I feel like I'm gonna be like, uh <laughs> that'll be the weirdest day. I think like obviously I think Chara will be a weird day, just like mm. as a Bruins fan and the fact that he's so fucking old has been in the league forever. But mm. I think for hockey fans as a whole, Ovi's gonna be one that just hits everyone. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's like, I don't know, like I'm kind of feeling old and like nostalgic, and it's like it's sad that he had to go out on such a shitty season on our part. Like that fucking sucks. <laughs> so that's one of my low, my other low. I feel like we also like, I don't know. We, we keep it real around here about our highs, our lows, our mental health. We love to talk about it. Um, I got turned down for a job that I really wanted and a job I was really interested in this week. Um, but they reached out to me and told me that they want me to work with them part-time, that they really liked me and that I was like the runner up and stuff like that. And like, that kind of always fucking sucks to hear like the, you were like second place. We love you. Like we're not reaching out Mm -hmm. to anybody else, whatever, but I just want to keep it real around here. And that like, people do say no, like I swear to God in this industry, I've been told no more than I've been told yes. And oftentimes, like I look back at it like years later and I'm like, oh, thank God I didn't take that job. If I had a dollar for every rejection I've gotten, I'd be one of the richest people fucking alive. (laughs) Me too. So like, I know that we have a young listening or like even like an older listening who might even be like between jobs or like, you know, it's COVID, whatever. Like, it's okay to be told no, like rejection so often is protection, but I wanted to keep it real around here that like, I've been told no, you're going to be told no, everyone's going to be told no. And like, social media makes it seem like our lives are perfect and they're not like social media is just a highlight reel. So like, just remember that, like, if you're applying for jobs out of college right now, or you're in between jobs or whatever, being told no is freaking okay. I've applied to seven jobs with the Red Sox over five years and was rejected every single fucking time. So and that's just that one specific team. So if that gives anyone a perspective of how many times I've been told no, I'm kind of unfazed by it at this point when I get rejected, like whatever, just keep moving. It always ends up working out. So, yeah, I mean, like, obviously I have not spoken about this on the show at all, but I'm going to like semi break my silence right now, but like, not really. The reason that Sarah and I were able to do this last year was because WEI told me no. And that is, I'm so thankful that they told me no, because I look back at it now and I don't think that that show not the WEEI, I think wouldn't be a great fit for me because I love the radio, but I don't think the show that I was auditioning for would have been a great fit for me. But now I have Sarah and we have this show and we have these fans and we have like all of this stuff now that we wouldn't have otherwise. And like, it's, I'm so thankful for it. Like it's, I, like, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but at the time it was like crushing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then sorry for that rant, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> My hero this week is streaming. I have been streaming the playoffs almost every single night, I think. And I've had a lot of fun. Like I've gotten some really fun people in there, made met some cool people. I feel like why watch the game alone when you could watch it with people on the internet? So that's been like an unexpected hero for me. I've been having fun. 
Um, so yeah, uh, I guess that's it. Any Anything else you want to add? Nope. I have a quick smash or pass. This week we are trying the Owl's Brew Boozy Tea in... I've had one of these before, but it wasn't these flavors. So I have the like hibiscus flower mm-hmm. and the white tea raspberry and watermelon. I don't know why I didn't try this one first. This one I give like a five out of 10. Okay. Sarah's drinking coffee because she's responsible and has to drive. Um, it is 1.30 in the afternoon and I am downing two seltzers. So like, you know, whatever. Um, I also was one, like, I look like the most stereotypical Bostonian between the jersey and the <laughs> You do, but that's okay. Um, this one is better, but not, I feel like this would be fine on like a summer day. I guess I give it like a six. I okay. don't know. I haven't been overwhelmed by this brand. So I'm going to pass, but I am going to drink both of them because alcohol. True. I also haven't eaten anything today, so this is going to get really interesting. Do you ever feel like when you have like a cold brew on an empty stomach, you feel like a fucking superhero? Like you're like floating? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was me. And now I'm adding an alcohol because I've been so busy today that I haven't had time to do anything. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to fucking talk shit a million miles an hour today. And that's just it is what it is. Um, I had one comment before we get into these games that I wanted to talk about with you. Mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm being punished as a hockey fan having to choose between fucking Jack Edwards and Steve Levy for the Bruins games see I've only been listening to the streams that they give us for work so I just get all the national streams <laughs> I fucking punishment it feels like punishment the fact that I am choosing to listen to Jack Edwards and I know that I'm definitely not allowed to say that and I'm probably going to get an email I don't care I can't do it anymore I mean I think I hate I made this tweet last night I hate saying because I'm like oh you want like it's nice to have a woman up the boot I can't do Hexall I can't do it yeah she's brutal yeah and Levy had a I don't remember who it was had was with a female the other day and it's like I would love to support like females on all of these calls across the NHL but it's like I I can't listen to fucking Steve Levy I can't do it and I've he's a nice guy I just he was so good as an ESPN anchor but -hmm. listening to him on Stanley Cup playoffs and Monday Night Football makes me want to gouge my like fucking eardrums out with butter knives (laughs) maybe that's dramatic but like I can't (laughs) um my only other comment I want to make before we do this is the fucking goaltending has been my favorite part of the Stanley Cup playoffs so far. I just think it's been wild because so many of it's like a lot of these series, none of the guys like even starting goalies have been in there and they just all been stepping up, you know, especially we'll get into it more at the Flames and Stars series. That's yeah. just been a goaltending clinic. Yeah. It's been wild. Jake Ottinger stands, please rise. <laughs> um, all right. So I have a starting off with the Panthers Caps series. Um I, I have some notes written down. I know you didn't really need any. I put some in here just in case, but I don't know. If, I don't really know where to start this series. Last night, last night was fucking crazy. I'll be honest. If you have the first two series as the Caps and Panthers and Leafs and Lightning, those are the only two series I haven't had at all for work. So I paid like zero attention to it. Leafs Lightning, I watched a little bit, but I just hate both those teams. So I really mm-hmm. could not care less. Caps and Panthers, I've been keeping up with just through my coworkers and whatnot. But yeah, I saw last night that the Caps just fucking blew it. 
<laughs> dude last night was crazy I was like switching so like during like halftime and like commercials and stuff I had I would be watching that game on my monitor because TN I fucking hate the TNT broadcast because not everybody gets TNT so I have to watch it on my computer mm-hmm. but we were talking on the stream about it like as things were going and it was like all right three nothing this game's boring and it was like three one three two three three and I was like what the fuck dude I don't because on the one hand I'm like the Capitals just annoy me but I do want them to win this series but at the same time I'm like the Panthers if they because that was the thing everyone's talking about they're like they're not going to make it out of the first round it's going to be this big flop after they've been a favorite all season long Mm -hmm. and I will say I you know my Stanley Cup pick this year has been the Panthers the entire time I did my bracket I put the avalanche I was like see uh, I flopped I've been the abs the entire season as everyone knows who listens to this show I've been abs from the rip and now during my bracket I switched to the Panthers and I'm like why did I fucking do that (laughs) but I just feel like this series is like the battle of the old men is that wrong I think that's the other reason I'm not that interested in this one. I'm like, it's not like you have like these super exciting young guys, which like, yeah, there are some young guys in this series, but it is for the most part, like more veterans, these older guys, just like, oh, I want one last Stanley Cup Chasing or like one more. Giroux, who just wants one, like, and I do want one. Jumbo Joe. Giroux, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like in terms of that, as a hockey fan, I'm like, eh, I've seen all these guys play. I'm kind of whatever towards this series. Yeah. I I, like last, I only other comment I have about last night is that I looked up the highlights for this game or highlights for last night's game, just to like, kind of watch like how the caps fell apart. There were eight minutes of highlights on YouTube for one game. I saw you had that. We make those highlights and all of them are like eight to nine minutes. And I watched it just because I usually, I never watch the highlights because half the time those are the ones that I'm making but yeah I watched it so I was like yeah where the fuck did it fall apart in this game for them because I saw like my work stick okay like we're gonna have to make a comeback real like caps are just blowing it yeah that's that was a tough look for them yeah I like eight minutes was crazy for me because like I remember when I was doing like melts for like college football and college hockey and stuff like that I don't think any of mine were ever over like four minutes and I was sitting here like what the fuck see we do the condensed games which are five to six minutes and then the full game highlights are eight to nine yeah especially for like the playoffs we've been having I'm like more most of them have been eight minutes or nine minutes honestly it's just so long in my opinion like I (laughs) we talked about this I think our last, I want to say last week, but we took last week off our last show. You and I do everything TikTok now because of our fucking ADHD and our attention span is not over three minutes. <laughs> no, I will not watch a TikTok video that's even over a minute. <laughs> no, I think you and I send each other, I think like 16 second TikToks just over and over again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leafs and bolts. I had in my bracket, I had the Leafs getting out of this series. I had the bolts falling. I feel like It's just like, I feel like they need to go out in dramatic fashion after repeating. And I feel like that just feels right for the city of Toronto to do it and to get out of the first round. So I picked Toronto. I think that they, like, they've had a great season and you know what? The Bolts are a good team. Obviously they're a great team, but it's like, I feel like this is another team of old men and I'm just like tired of it. And that's how I want them to go. I did have the Leafs in this series. I had the Leafs in six. If they go to a game of seven, I 
will not go on Twitter that night, especially if they win it. <laughs> Just because I don't want to have to see. I think Leafs are the most inseparable fan base in all of sports. And it will be a god-awful night if they get out of it. I hate the Lightning, but I just hate the Leafs more. And I think it will be so much funnier if they lose in a Game 7. So, <laughs> See, as a Floridian, like, all of my friends and family are Bolts fans. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm so sick of them because I think they're insufferable. And I see that all the fucking time. And it's like, I know everyone hates the Leafs. I'm obviously pro-Leafs slander. Like, they're like the Yankees of hockey to me. But it's like... I'm kind of cheering for the chaos and like the city of Toronto, because you know, if they get out of the first round, they're going to act like they won the fucking Stanley cup. Oh yeah. Honestly. And even if they like get eliminated the second round, I just don't want the least fan having the satisfaction. Like you can't make first round exit jokes anymore because they are such crybabies. They are the biggest crybabies on earth. <laughs> Them and Celtics fans. <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, I guess I don't know, but I was saying, I'm I just kidding. I'm totally far and kidding. away <laughs> the worst of all time. I'm just trolling Celtics fans for my own entertainment at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this series, like I'm, game six tonight is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to be at the Bruins game, but I'm going to have to have both of them up because I need to know. I need to know. <laughs> I like, I'm obviously going to watch the Bruins over anything else, but it's like, I will be paying just as much attention to that game because like, I, I can't think of two fan bases that I want to suffer more right now. What? Between, Between Leafs, Leafs and, and Bulls fans. Like, <laughs> I just want you, like, can you, can game seven just be canceled and both of you just go home? <laughs> no, literally I said to the star, I'm like, how do we make it so both these teams lose? I like also just Jersey wise matchup. I think that's the worst matchup in this. They're look the fucking same. They do. I was, I was thinking that the other night I was like, I hate these color combination matchups. I was like, this is fucking terrible. Panthers caps is kind of difficult at times too, but Leafs lightning. It literally is the same fucking Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah, I'm just, like, so sick of both of these fan bases. I'm ready for them to go home. Like, I'm just, I'm fucking over it. Um, Power hour. We have probably a lot to say about the Canes Bruins. Um, you're going to the game tonight, so I'll let you start with your initial thoughts. I'm not going to the game. I'm just going to the bars around the garden. I was not. Oh. I My anxiety could not take an elimination game. I cannot be in the building for that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but- I... I, so obviously I did have Bruins in seven and the tough start to the series 2-0, they're getting outplayed every single way. They're outscored in the regular season by them like 20 to two. And I just kept telling myself, I was like, well, think back to like 2011 when the Bruins and Canucks, they went down 2-0 in the finals and they were able to get it and force game seven and they won. It was all fine. I'm like, this is such a different situation. I'm like, the Canes, I'm going to say are the better team. They are the better hockey team. I, I'll fully admit that. And especially after those first two games, I feel like it was a lot of just the Bruins taking dumb penalties. The top line was just not there. You know, they moved up pasta, which I was big game changer for them. I'm glad to have that line back yeah. together by game three. Again, back at home. So it was a little different. That was making a big difference for them. But it just seemed like nothing was going their way. They lost Lindholm. They were getting outplayed every single way. I, like, really just lost all hope after that second game. 
And I know going into the garden, I'm like, it's a whole different situation. Everything's changed. You got sway and goal now. I think Omar did a terrible job. I think he did all right. It was his first like real playoff experience. You know, you're going from the Sabres to Bruins and now you're being thrown out in front of the Hurricanes who have beat you so much this season. And your offense isn't producing. They're playing dumb, sloppy hockey. Defense was okay. I feel like considering what we've seen from the Bruins defense the regular season, I think they're awful. I don't want to single anyone out, but I will say Matt Grizzlick has been having a tough series. I know he is yeah. benched for tonight. He is. I think if there is a game seven, I hope I would assume he's going to be back in. I think this is a good kind of wake up call for him. If yeah. it comes to it, Lindholm's back. McAvoy missed yep. that one game. Yeah. I'm not that concerned about the defense, to be honest. Uh, Derek Forbert was amazing in game three. He had like nine blocks, I think. He and- went off. I have like, mm-hmm. I was so impressed by him because like, I feel like there are times when he's on the ice that I'm just like, Ugh. but like that game, I was like, okay, Derek. I think Connor Clifton's actually looked a lot better too lately. He has. Yeah. We talk a lot of shit about Connor Clifton, but he's looked a lot better. I, I was think like smarter hockey. Yes, absolutely. It's not that he's like out skating anybody. He's not playing. He, he just, I feel like he is using his brain and mm-hmm. I am proud of him for that. My comments, and we can obviously discuss this if you have any comments. I was, first of all, shocked that without McAvoy away, they were able to fuck. Like, I just, without McAvoy, how? Oh, no, that was at home there without McAvoy on Sunday. Yes, 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 yes. I know. And then, like, when they went away, he was fucking flown on a private jet and arrived between the buses. And I was like, there is no way that COVID timeline was like that, but he tested negative. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. McAvoy is in the building, thank God. I was shocked that they won that game without him. But I feel like my concern is now that, so before the last game, each team had taken the home games. And then Mm -hmm. the Bruins finally snapped that away in Carolina. So now I feel like, I'm hoping Carolina's not due for an away win, but they have played really, really well in TD this season, as everybody knows, as we've talked about. But my big thing is that, like, I, at the game the other night in Carolina, I feel that Sway should have maybe been pulled earlier. That's just my opinion. I felt like he was showing flashes of like something was not all together with him. And the fact that he's getting the start tonight, obviously Allmark has underperformed in this series a little bit, but I am like concerned first way. Like, I don't know. For me, he just looked off the other night and it's like, we talk about his puck control all the time and his rebounding and stuff like that and his ability to smother pucks. And that was a huge concern for me the other night. And I felt like he was very lucky that the Canes did not capitalize on that more. See, I feel like I'm not even concerned at all with Swayman and the goal. It's more just like the secondary scoring because it's so hard to win a game when your only goal comes from fucking Connor Clifton. Yeah, They're not doing anything. Obviously, Grizzlick was, that might have been one of his worst games I've ever seen. He was doing him no favors, still without Lindholm. I don't know. I, I feel like with Swayman, I was like, just keep him in there. He had no experience with those away games yet in the playoffs since he didn't get those two starts in the two games in Carolina. So especially if, because I'm assuming he would be the guy you're going with in game seven, if there is a game seven, just keep him in for that game to get that confidence and not be like, all right, get him out of here, whatever. But also you're going to start again on game six and game seven, you're going to be back here 
So that's how I just kind of felt like Swayman, whatever. He's played so well this series. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's fine with me. It's an off night and offense is doing him no favors. Secondary scoring has been like nowhere to be found. That second line has been brutal. Between Taylor Hall and Eric Hall, you know, Taylor Hall, obviously we know the type of guy he can be. He's just been pretty much invisible. Eric Hall, I almost feel like hurts more though because he had such a big second half of the season and everyone was Mm -hmm. like, oh, this guy can't be a second line center. You need to go get someone at the trade deadline. But then you didn't get someone at the trade deadline. Eric Hall's exceed expectations in the regular season. But as soon as we get to the playoffs, it's like, this is why you need to get a second line center because this is not someone performing on your second line. And now because of that, they're taking pasta back from the top line, putting back on the second line. Your breast is going back up, which is fine. It worked in the regular season, but I'm like, your top line has been your offense this series. And the fact that you have to break that up just to try and get production from your second line, let alone nothing you're getting from your third and fourth Mm -hmm. is an issue. Which is weird because we talked about it not too long ago, how like that fourth line was like, randomly so consistent for a hot Mm -hmm. moment when they couldn't get anything together and it's like I don't know if it's because they're young and inexperienced or if like the Canes are really just taking it to that fourth line but I they they fell off so fast well those bottom lines I was so glad to see I like Trent Frederick I'm sure he's a wonderful person he takes so many dumb penalties and it's one thing in the regular season that game when the I think it was game two when the Hurricanes had three five on three opportunities that can't be happening no. that just can't be happening obviously you got benched Wagner comes in I think Wagner is a great fit for this playoff roster not just because he has that playoff experience already but Bruce Cassidy said he's like he's annoying he gets under guy's skin but he's also not someone that's going to make these like younger mistakes that Trent Frederick was making so now the fact that they're putting Frederick back in tonight on top of the fact that they switched up the first and second line yet I don't love that I think what worked for you at home is what you should be rolling with tonight. And that's your top line back together with pasta and Wagner in for Frederick. And I, I mean, I do like Grizzly sitting. I think that's the right choice there, but I don't love Trent Frederick back in. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because like, we want to talk about taking penalties and getting under people's skin and stuff. I have an R note how much these teams fucking hate each other, like hate each other. Obviously, Bruins Twitter ran with all the Marshawn shit the other day calling um, fucking Tony D'Angelo. Tony <laughs> D'Angelo a racist. I don't know why I can think of his name considering how much shit I talk about him online. Tony D'Angelo and like the fact that like Max Domi is now getting involved in fights and shit like that. Charlie Coyle has been fighting and Charlie like I feel never fights. These mm-hmm. teams fucking hate each other. And then um, D'Angelo's comment the other day about Boston media. Did you see that? Oh, when he said that the, I saw his uh, thing about that the crowd in Carolina is a lot louder than they are in Boston. I saw that one. He said something, and I think Sarah Siv tweeted it about how like Boston media was going to like run with whatever comments he had to say because they hate him or whatever. And I was just like, well, yeah, I would do. He's just like universally hated though. Like I'm like, the fact that you have Bruins or non-Bruins fans cheering for Brad Marchand should tell you all you need to know because next to probably Tony D'Angelo, Brad's what he hated, most hated next to like Tom Wilson, maybe in the league. And the fact that you're like, hell yeah, go Brad Marchand should tell you all you need to know. (laughs) My only other comment about this, and I've been saying it this entire NHL season, is just how much I fucking hate this Canes roster outside of Sebastian Ajo. 
I don't hate them. I think it works really well for them. Like they very much have a system going. That's the thing. I feel like it's a very systemic like roster and I think it works for them. But then the second they get some sort of adversity or like aggression from the other side, because that's the thing, the Bruins look so dead those first two games that any like aggression their guy were just out of frustration and anger. It was like sloppy and it was to the Canes benefit. Whereas those third and fourth games, it was like, okay, we're going to play smart. We're going to play tight. Like this is going to be a lot better game. Also, I will say, I think the officiating, it sounds like stupid to say it's been rough in this series. And I think the Bruins picked up on that. And like, okay, we need to clean up our acts. We can't be giving away free shit. Like again, three, five on three should not ever happen in the game, let alone the playoffs. Yeah. And I think they Bruins responded really well to those first two games. And the Canes just know what, like, they have such a system going that it was almost like they're like, what the fuck do we do? Like, backs up against the wall. Yeah. I think my only other comment about this game is, like, Tony D'Angelo cannot get hot tonight because TD Garden needs to stay loud and stay chirping him the same way that they did to Brad last week or two days ago. (laughs) I was... When Tony D'Angelo scored that power play goal Monday night, I was like, oh, fucking course. And you know that kid, which I'm like, Grant, you're in Carolina, so it's different. If that happened at the Garden, I think people would actually start throwing shit. (laughs) I agree. I agree. And, you know, TD Garden has been, obviously Bruins fans are really passionate. They're always loud, whatever. But TD Garden has been rocking, like, way crazier as of late between the Celtics and the Bruins, like, I swear to God, the Celtics got through the first round because of TD. Oh, well, I was at the game Sunday. Like I've been to playoff games for the Bruins before. That was far and away the loudest I've ever heard it. It was insane. Yeah. People fucking hate the Canes, dude. And I'm one of them. I love Sarah Siv. Love Abby Labar. Love you too. But like, holy shit, I fucking hate this roster. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Canes. And I do not want to see them... Because I think if they get past this first round, they very much have Scary. a very good chance. Yeah. Scary. Yeah, because, like, you look at, like, who they're going to wind up having to play, and it's, like, I don't it, – it's the same with the Bruins for me. Is It's, like, I feel like the Canes offense outpowers the Bruins defense so hard, and it's, like, they, the Bruins have been really lucky through this series, but that offense scares me against any defense they've had to play – they will have to play through the stretch. Also, if the Penguins end up moving on, I don't think there is a more annoying series than Kane's Penguins. That, it sounds unwatchable. <laughs> that is such a good point as we move into the Rangers Penn series, because it, at this point, like, good for the fucking Rangers. They put up a fight. They came out on top last night. They should be proud of themselves. They're going to be a good team in seasons to come, but it's pretty much over for them at this point. Let's be fucking real about it. You know what? The Pens have a lot of experience on that team, a lot of postseason experience. Jake Gensel is amazing. Sidney Crosby is obviously fucking fantastic. Like this series is close to over. I will be shocked well, if the Rangers, go ahead. I was going to say Sidney Crosby might not play in game six I know. now. Which I, I know. think could change. I don't want to say it changes the entire thing, but it plays a big fucking role, especially considering Sidney Crosby. Like this guy doesn't age. He has looked pr- amazing in the series. Like prime, prime Sidney Crosby is just always. Jake Gensel is definitely the biggest threat to the Rangers. But I will say the Rangers, I feel like they had that it factor all regular season. And then you just hate to see when teams are like that. Like they're just sliding through the regular season. They had all these like huge, like miraculous wins. They're always coming from behind. But I think they led the NHL in come from behind wins, which is the only reason I'm like, I think I saw a tweet about it. Yeah. 
I'm like, I'm still, because I had Rangers in seven as my prediction. I'm still sticking with it. And I just love the, their kid line. The kid line came to play last night. Like, yeah, they Lafreniere, Cheadle, those guys all, their youth is what's really carrying them, which is weird considering the, like, I feel like they have a good balance of a lot of youth and then those veteran guys that you need. The veteran guys have been so quiet in this series. It's been the youth that's just been, like, powering them through. Like, they're really the heart and soul of this team right now. And like you said, like, they're going to be a good team for years to come. And you just look at it, like, their offense is stacked with you, their defense. You're like, you're led by fucking Adam Fox. And yeah. also they have all these young prospects coming up. So yeah. even if this isn't their year, which I still think they could beat the Penguins. I don't know if they would win. I'll go all the way to the cup. Like, I don't see that happening. But I think for years to come, this series, if they do end up winning it, this is going to become like a turning point in their franchise. Yeah. See, I do agree with you that I think that this is the like pivotal turning point in their franchise. They're young. They're going to be young for a while. You mentioned the prospects. Adam Fox is fucking so fun to watch. I just think that the postseason experience for the Pens is really going to push them through this series. I don't see it going seven. I think it's over next game. I would fucking love if you're right. And the Rangers move on because I fucking hate the Penguins and I don't want to watch them play the Canes at all or honestly the Bruins. But it's like because of the color matchup that would fucking drive me insane, (laughs) which is dumb to say, but it's so true. Like it's true. I hate watching games when my eyes are like, ugh. But I am on the opposite side of the coin to you. I think that this series is even without Sidney Crosby. I'm just like. I I think that the future for the Rangers is so bright and I'm cheering for them. I fucking love the team that they've put together and I hate the pens. I just am not as optimistic. I think this is another series that the goaltending has been such a big narrative because, you know, first game, obviously Penguins starting goaltender has not played the series. Dismiss in that first game. He came out in the third period and then, this Louie guy comes in Crazy. in the third period, which I'm like, all right, you're the backup to the backup. You've had no time to warm up, throw you into this playoff game. By the way, it's tied 3-3. It ends up going into triple overtime, and the kid's perfect. Day. Granted, it was just 17 saves, but I'm like, still, he had no think, time to prepare for this. I think he won them that game. I think if you kept a Smith in that, I think if you kept a Smith in net, first of all, he had faced fucking I don't know the count because off the top of my head I couldn't tell you the amount of saves he had that night and then for him to get hurt a kid unstretched stretched hours ahead of time to come in I truly think that that unfortunate goalie switch is what won them that game though which is so unfortunate for Shesterkin on the other hand who had to make 79 saves he already reached 100 saves by game two and obviously Shesterkin I would say is pretty much guaranteed the Vesna winner like yeah, I do think Saros is great, but Shesterkin's just been insane. Like, 100%. A thousand, that's his to lose at this point. But also, that I feel like it almost makes it worse because that was Shesterkin's best game this series. And he's looked a lot different than he has. Like, he was the nails just all regular season. And then he had this per- perfect, like, 79 saves on 83 shots in game one, triple overtime after that it's just been kind of like shaky for him it almost kind of seems just like nerves I think he looked a little better last night he looked more himself it also helped that he had the crowd you know that Penguins game and they're in Pittsburgh and they were all chanting his name like you could tell that was getting to him 
And I think getting back home and having Rangers fans like definitely probably helped him there because Madison Square Garden was going nuts. Crazy. But he just hasn't looked like himself this series. And that sucks. And it doesn't help that it's kind of the same as the Bruins. Like they're not, their offense isn't producing like they were in the regular season, which makes it kind of hard for him. Like the Penguins have just been now playing them every single way. And now there's this like amazing goaltender story on the other side of the ice. And the Spezno are just like, well, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's, I honestly, I think, and I'm going to say this with my whole chest. I think as much as I fucking hate the pens, this has been my favorite series so far. Honestly, I think it's, I'm trying to. It's been so I, fun, like fucking triple overtime until like what, one in the morning? Oh yeah. Well, that was my favorite game so far of all these playoffs. And then last night was fun. Yeah. So I'm having fun with this series where I can say the other series, I'm like either mad or I hate a team too much or I like the fucking abs and pred sweep. I like, I feel like this is the the series so far that I'm having fun. I feel like it's been, yeah, probably the most interesting. Like if I were to tell like any like new hockey fan to go watch series, it would be this one. Yeah. Agree. Um, anything else? Any other comments before we go into Avs Preds? My nope. biggest comment on the Avs Preds series is my first <laughs> comment in our notes was just LOL. <laughs> because that's how I feel. Like, I, I have to say, Kale McCarr with the cookies. Icon. Was, no, that was from a different year. Because That was not this year. Black- no, that was my Slack picture for the longest time. That's I thought that I was this year. No, it was just going viral because people were like, this is who like has 10 points right now. I thought that that was during this series. <laughs> I that only is know awesome. I just, it was my Slack picture. That's so funny. I literally thought that that was this series. <laughs> Shows you what I know. But still, that's a fucking mood. He's so fucking funny. He's so I cute. love him. I went on a radio show yesterday and they're like, all right, obviously we'll talk about the Bruins, but like, if you want to just go off about Kale McCarr for a little bit, I think I just did like 10 minutes just dedicated. He's just so perfect. Like, I love him. He's an angel. Um, I like don't have a ton to say about this series because it was kind of fucking boring other than the fact that the city of Nashville should be embarrassed to get swept because they're a crowd alone. The way that people talk about it. Like, I, I don't know if you've been to a Preds game, but I've been to a Preds game in Nashville and their crowd's fucking nuts. Their crowd alone should have won them a home game. See, I just think back to when Daryl Suter before the end of the regular season, obviously he's the head coach for the Flames. It's like, whoever has the avalanche in the first round just shouldn't even show up because it's going to be a waste of your seven days. And I can sure as hell bet the Predators are wishing they did not blow that game to the Coyotes when they let up those three goals otherwise they would be in a completely different series probably still playing they just like fucked themselves over anyone else getting the avalanche in the first round obviously like this was the only sweep I had on my entire bracket this was pretty much how everyone saw it going you know the abs only trailed once this entire series it was in that game four for maybe two minutes not even and that was without Darcy Kemper. He came out in the third, came out in the third game. Still, they were fine in game four. That was the closest game we saw. And it just sucks because I feel like you really like it almost seems like the Predators ass were kind of shown that okay, your team is Saros and Forsberg. Saros didn't play. Forsberg didn't even get on the fucking like score sheet until game four with one goal. Embarrassing. I do like the, 
yeah, I do like Josie, but like he's a great defenseman and he should be like, I think him and McCarr both have very good chance for the Norris. I think it should go to McCarr. That's his competition. Yeah. And it's just like, you can't have your one defenseman win that whole game when your best scorer is not doing shit. Like he was not even on like the score. I mean, to be fair, look at Charlie McAvoy. (laughs) I'm biased (laughs) because Charlie McAvoy is my favorite Bruin. So I'm not (laughs) gonna. I'm just saying like, look at that shit. I had abs in five just because I thought that like you have Stanley cup, like winners on your roster. Like you have an amazing crowd. You have all of these accolades still on your team, but it's like, I think that that doesn't show how mediocre the Preds are because they're not. I think it just shows the world that the abs are in right now. And it's just that they are completely on their own in this postseason. they've been playing good hockey all year great hockey even but they are playing close to fucking perfect hockey right now Mm -hmm. I was watching one of Nathan McKinnon's post-game interviews the other day and pretty much the two big things I took away from it is that they're one the avalanche are still pissed about last year's series against Vegas that has been on their mind this entire season it too it's just cup or bust is the entire mentality as it should be because they should have won a cup like these last few years they keep fucking it up so yeah they're like this first round win like it's great whatever even if it is a sweep like this is just getting started like this is not not, our focus right now they're still in first gear yeah which is scary I know especially say like McKinnon had a goal per game he had that one two goal game Bakar with 10 points like setting the record for defenseman points in a playoff game in four games like they are locked the fucking Landis Dogs looked really good Kadri's looked good honestly Landis all... Dogs been like the difference maker for me because it's like you know that you know what McKinnon and McCarr are capable of but it's when you have a third contributor like that that things become fucking dangerous I love Landis Dog because I'm like yeah he's the captain so like he is very classy like you kind of reminds me of Patrice Bergeron in that sense yeah but same also, like he's not afraid to like get scrappy and stand up for a team not that I'm saying like Patrice doesn't do that but like Patrice Bergeron like you're not going to see him like getting in there and whatnot like he knows like that's not the type of player he, he knows is. his role yeah whereas Landeskog he's like all right let me fire him up so I don't know I just think they have all the makings of copper bust and so I'm glad that is their mentality because it is going to be ugly if they don't win <laughs> I don't I mean I do think that the mentality is always copper bust especially when you sweep first round you have an amazing regular season but for me, it's like I do like they're they're a team like the Rangers for me that I feel like they do have that sense of longevity. Oh yeah, that's the what almost makes the Avalanche so annoying because yeah, obviously we both love the Avalanche, but I'm um, like if I was not an Avalanche like fan, I totally get why people fucking hate this team. Like they're so good, so consistently good, and it's not like it's slowing down anytime soon. They're stacked no. for years to come. Yeah, which is yeah, funny because it's 23. I know, which is funny because it's not like you and I are really like avalanche fans per se. It's just that we're obviously like huge local college hockey fans that like we will back that until the day I die. I don't care how many, I don't care. Honestly, if the Leafs had a team full of Hockey East alumni, I think I would cheer for the Leafs. No, never. <laughs> Absolutely never. No. <laughs> 
but I'm just such a homer because like that's my job and like I work with these guys and I get to know them and stuff like that and it's like I can hate Leafs fans as much as I want but it's like I like I if they had like a freaking hockey east like alumni team I would cheer for the Leafs no (laughs) see with the avalanche I just kind of like it's almost like me with the brewers I'm like all right they rarely ever see the ruins they're in a different conference like they're whatever I'm like I love their team I love Kale McCarr he's my favorite player outside of the Bruins so I'm like yeah I'm all in on the avalanche fuck it and it just so happens they're one of the best if not the best in the league so I'm like sorry yeah but that's where Kale McCarr ended up that's where I am <laughs> it's true and it, now that you make that point it kind of makes me think about how much shit Boston fans give me for not being from here and supporting other teams and I'm like honestly eat shit I don't care <laughs> That literally somewhat, I remember it was one, the one Bruins game this year that they played the Avalanche. Kale McCarr won in overtime. Do you remember how mad people got at me when I was like, well, it was Kale McCarr, so I'm okay with yeah. it. Fuck you, you stupid bitch. Like, well, oh, yeah. fucking relax. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I Welcome. love Kale McCarr. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome to how I have felt on Celtics Twitter this week. literally it's like people in Boston and I love the city of Boston I love Boston fans I am not like I I love the smoke don't get me wrong I am not chirping you guys in any way shape or form but it's like people in Boston can't fathom someone who's not from this area or moves here that comes with other teams and other alliances and is unwilling to switch and it's like you guys are like the most diehard fans in a lot of sports so it's like why are you judging someone else for like not jumping ship like Someone tweeted me the other day. They're like, what if the Avalanche and Bruins meet up in the Stanley Cup? Then who are you going to cheer for? I was like, do you know me at all? Like, do you know me at all? Yeah. Obviously, I'm going to fucking cheer for the Bruins. Are you fucking brain dead? <laughs> yep, exactly. It's like, here's the thing. I'm talking so much shit to Celtics fans on Twitter right now. But if the Celtics win this series, I will be with the Celtics through the end you know what I mean because I work in this market I know some of these players like I love Celtics fans but it's like for right now we you are enemy number one for me get over it the Celtics win and make all the way to championship the only time I'll acknowledge them really is when there's parade because I'll go (laughs) but also like it's funny to me how we are both like we have Wisconsin ties. Like my mom's whole side of the family still lives there. My mom's the only one who left. You obviously have your Brewers ties and stuff like that. So it's like when people see us cheering for teams like this, it's not that we hate our like hometown teams or whatever. It's just that like, believe it or not, Boston, there are people who live here whose entire families are not from here. See, for me, like Brewers and Avalanche, I'm like, I just like having another team to follow because <laughs> I dedicate so much like time and passion is I guess the way to put it into these Boston teams I uh, like sometimes it's fun just to have another team to follow and like especially like in seasons like now where like the Red Sox are ass like they're unwatchable I'm, like I'd much rather watch a Brewers game it's more enjoyable <laughs> yeah and it's like it doesn't negate like how much I love my actual teams it's just like if my team is playing someone else that I like I'm obviously going to cheer for my team but it's like yeah Let's say the fucking Bruins go to, this won't happen, but let's say the fucking Bruins go to a game seven against the Avs. You will obviously be fucking heartbroken if the Bruins lose, but if Kale McCarr wins the fucking Stanley Cup for the Avs, you'll be like, shit, if it's him, fine. Oh yeah, I'll be thrilled for Kale McCarr. I'll be fucking devastated, but happy for Kale McCarr. (laughs) Exactly. And it's just like, 
I don't understand why people don't get that. I don't know. People are nuts. <laughs> Anyways, I'm tired of bitching about fucking South Expanse. This is our Stanley Cup fucking show. God damn it. Um, Wild versus the Blues. I picked the Wild in this series, but I am now concerned. <laughs> I also picked the Wilds. I love Kirill Kaprizov. I love Mark Me too. Andre Fleury. Yeah, uh, I don't have so much confidence in the wild. And I had a gut feeling that it could go this way. The Blues have been a very, very good team. I try to ignore them the best I can because I hate their guts. I hate them. And I hate Blues fans. But I hate Blues fans. Blues fans are still, all right, some of them follow me for whatever God knows reason. And they'll like reply to my random Bruins tweet with like Brad Marshawn crying or like, them hoisting the cup in 2019 like okay what is this like are you guys just gonna ride this forever like act like you've been there before this is embarrassing like I am not talking about your dumbass little team in Missouri (laughs) but also like how like you guys don't even this would be like me talking shit about sports teams as like a Jags fan like you have one team and it's like don't get me wrong I would ride the Jags Super Bowl forever but it's like how long can you fucking ride that for and troll somebody over and the other thing is it's like okay your team right now is very good and could very well be a cup contender why are you worried about Bruins fans from 2019 that you're applying to my just generic Bruins that have nothing to do with the Blues like why don't you focus on your team now that also has a very good chance like at this point, I also picked the Wild, but I do, it's looking like it's going to be the Blues, I think. It is. So. It is. But it's like, if you're not that worried, why reply? And I'm like, I'm not bothering you. This wasn't at you. Like, one of them was literally, like, a regular season game, I think, between the Bruins and Rangers. And he, like, responds with the Brad Marsh and crying. I was like, what does this have to do with what I was talking about? Oh, like, the Blues are not playing this game. They respond to them lifting the cup. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm going to talk about, obviously, everyone in Boston or on Boston TikTok knows Connor Coyne. Love Connor. Good friend. Love Connor. But he tweeted the other day about, like, good morning to everyone but Minnesota Wild fans. And, like, he's always trolling Bruins fans and stuff. And I'm like, like you, I live here. But it's like... I feel like they just go a little too far sometimes. And I was like, well, what if I'm wearing a Minnesota Wild starter jacket from when they were OGs and I'm not a Minnesota Wild fan? And he never responded to me. And I was like, mm. I like response to his Instagram stories when he was at, it was when he was at the Bruins Blues game this regular season. And he was like being super obnoxious about, which I understand. I would like be if too. You're, if you're at the actual game and you're a Blues fan living in Boston. Yeah, I get it. But I literally just I was like, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you okay yeah like I'm a Bucks fan I live in Boston if people want to say fuck me whatever but they just I feel like because they have no other team in the city they just ride it so hard and people probably feel that way about Jags fans like I think that we're the biggest trolls and on NFL Twitter and I'm not just saying that it's because I've seen fucking Jags Twitter cancel the shit out of people well but it's they like, have the Cardinals and I feel like Cardinals true fans, I don't shit, mind yeah. Cardinals fans no, I actually like Cardinals fans. That's a good point. I forgot about them. Yeah, I, I don't think they're that bad. 
but no. Blues fans are, oh, they are, and again, obviously on Twitter in 2019, I had quite the run-ins with very many of them, so obviously I fucking hate their guts. I think they're the <laughs> next to least fans, but they're still annoying. I don't know how Here's I forgot later. about Cardinals fans. <laughs> I'm like, you guys just don't exist after like, what, 2010? They're very nice people. I like them. Yeah. I are are people from St. Louis Midwesterners? Yeah. Okay. I feel like, yeah, Midwestern. I was gonna like classify them as Midwesterners because I'm like, yeah, Midwesterners are nice, but I'm like, are they? <laughs> I say Missouri, yeah, that's Midwest. I feel St. Louis is like what, like a few miles from Ohio. I'm pretty no sure idea. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that they are like this. Are they? I'm pretty sure like St. Louis is like right there. Um, we actually, I need to look at a map because I feel really blonde and dumb. U.S. map, Google. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I just know Missouri's in that central area somewhere. Geography is great. Okay. S- yeah. St. Louis is literally on the border of fucking Illinois. Oh. Not oh, Ohio. Illinois? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> dumb <laughs> yeah but it's like literally on the border so I think that you could like throw a rock and be there interesting um the second to last series I want to talk about is the flames series I had this was so I know that we both filled out brackets this was my one upset in my bracket I had Dallas upsetting Calgary and I felt pretty good about that until right now it's just been such a weird it's been such a defensive battle and like goaltender duel that I really have no predictions for how this is gonna I did take the flames to this I think I had flames in six but I really don't know like the goaltending in this has just been so good they've been so low scoring defense has been like nails you know the flames They've got production from every single line. They have like Markstrom, Kachuk, like Gaudreau. They are all unreal in the regular season. They've been quiet and it's not to their own fault. It's just, that's how much of a battle it's been. And the stars, like, I honestly am not super familiar with the stars roster. I love Jason Robertson. Obviously I'm very familiar with Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn and whatnot. But for the most part, I like, I just thought the flames were the stronger team offensively, especially in this matchup. But I have no idea how this series is going to end. I think it's been the most interesting in the way, like there's no way to predict how these games are going. The goaltending has just been so good. See, I'm obviously like a huge Pavelski fan because I'm a Sharks fan and like, he's yeah. so my mom obviously went to Wisconsin. All my cousins go there, like play sports there, whatever. And he went to Wisco. And then like, when I was like a shark, like became a Sharks fan and stuff like that, he was obviously my favorite player for that reason. Mm-hmm. But like I, I want a cup for him. Like the the series, the the Stanley Cup against the Penguins a couple years ago when that was ripped from us was fucking brutal because it's like I wanted it for all of these old guys like Joe Thornton, like fucking Pavelski. Like I just like I wanted that for them because we knew that Marlowe was going to retire sooner rather than later back then, and it wound up being later. Thank God, like we got a couple extra years out of him. But it's like that sucked for. Yeah people that you care about like that's like as a Bruins fan you can relate because you have like older guys on your team too and it's like 
I want this for him so bad, but it's like, obviously we love Jake Ottinger around here. He's been fantastic. That save he made the other night that went viral. I don't even think he knew that he made that save. Oh, that was far and away the save of this whole playoff so far. Easily. Agree. Easily. I don't even think he knew he saved it though. I think that he was just as shocked as everybody else. I mean, it was nuts. It was just like, cause I had that game for work and I'm like watching it and like, I just saw this chaos in front of the net. I was like, oh, it's definitely a goal, whatever. Then he just like pops up and it's in his love. Like, what the literal fuck? You are not a human. <laughs> yeah. He, I think that, he, I think that he is my new Kale McCarr. I love him that much. He is an angel and a BU product. So exactly. I remember covering him my junior year for the bean pot, maybe like I interviewed him post game and he was just like the cutest little sweetest like nugget. I love him so much. Yeah, that's the other thing. He's supposedly like a super, super nice guy. Seems it. The nicest human of all time. It was so funny because like I was like interviewing him and he was like kind of just like had his head down and was like talking to me and I was like, I. It like killed me. That fucking Gaudreau penalty shot. I was like, this is hockey, son hockey's crying right here. I hate to see this. It sucks. <laughs> hockey's done hockey's crime, baby. I don't know. And my I was, friend, go ahead. I was going to say, my friend, he uh, is with BC and he was like, oh, you're not going to tweet about Kudrow's like penalty shy. He's like hockey East bias, but only for BU. I was like, yep. I'm like, yep. I am not fucking tweeting about that. No chance. I kind of expected this series to be boring because as like a hockey analyst and I'm using quotations because like I am a hockey analyst. Like I work in hockey, whatever, but it's like, I don't really like to like consider myself. I don't know, whatever. I was like, Calgary is the better team, but you have to pick an upset in every bracket that you make. And I was like, all right, for some reason, my gut is picking this. I expected it to kind of be a boring series. And now I feel like I'm like late night game glued to my TV for no good reason, falling asleep, watching this fucking series. Well, I think my favorite thing about this series so far has been how many people are discovering who Jake Ottinger is. Obviously, I knew Markstrom, like, it's a Vesna nominee, whatever. But I've seen some people like, who the fuck is this guy in the net for the stars? And why is he, like, shut down? It's like, that's what he's been all season. It's Happy like, East I'm baby. Yeah, I was super interested to see how it was going to go for him in the playoffs. Obviously, that's a completely different atmosphere. Calgary's offense is terrifying. Like, they dropped, like, nine on whatever team that oh I think it was the Coyotes still dropping nine on an NHL team loosely NHL team just a few weeks ago and now you're holding him to like one goal per night yep yeah I think that he is on the come up for like NHL goalies oh a thousand percent I think that they got really lucky and that he could stick around for quite some time with them they should he's like someone you could build around in that I've, yeah exactly he's like Jeremy Swayman for the fucking Bruins yeah um, I don't have any other comments about this series. How about you? Nope. All right. Last series to talk about is the Edmonton LA series. I have not watched a ton of this. I don't know about you. I remember there was a game you said you haven't, or a series you said you haven't paid a ton of attention to because of work. This is the series that I don't have a ton of comments about other than as a Sharks fan. I, and as just a human being, I fucking hate the city of LA more than anything. I've had a couple of these games for work. I am vying for the Oilers at this one. I did pick the Oilers. Me too. Unfortunately, it does look like it's another year where it's just a first round exit for them. 
I don't know what goes wrong for them. I really don't. But and you look at the Kings roster, and I'm like, who the fuck are half these people? No, like, I don't. Some of the guys my thing. on like their. I'm like, who the fuck are you people? That's I look fully bit. I do not know a lot of guys on that. Like I know like Kopitar, like Jonathan yeah. Quick, whatever. Yeah. But like they're running these guys out on their first power play unit, and I'm like, all right, obviously this guy's pretty good. He's on their first power play unit. I'm looking it up. He's like 21. Like. And I'm like, who is this? I'm like, did I watch any Kings games this regular season? I do not know anything about this fucking team. But yeah, then the Oilers, I feel like, are just beating themselves. And I will say, Mike Smith and that, if you have Connor McDavid on your team, Leon Dreisaitl, those guys, you need a good goaltender. Mike Smith, I'm sure he's a great guy and he's done an okay job but he is not someone that should be starting your playoff games, especially when you have Connor McDavid on the fucking ice. That's what you're going to give him to work with. That one has been, I don't think it's entirely on him at all. I just, uh, I don't think it's looking good for the Oilers and I want them to win this so bad. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, I just, I don't even have a ton to say about this series. Other than the fact that there is no reason, oh my God, look at my hair right now. (laughs) There is no reason if you have Connor McDavid on your roster, you should be making a first round exit against a team that one, you as an NHL employee cannot name very many people on the (laughs) roster. And me too, a college hockey analyst cannot name more than two people on this roster. There is no good reason, especially because Edmonton for quite some time now has been like, expected to do more be more win something and it's like the city of Edmonton is craving it and we're sitting here like okay what the fuck it's even worse because now they're without Darnell Nurse for the next game you know Evander Kane fucking he had that one game like unreal I I was so pissed one eight to two I almost threw my remote through my fucking television I hate him so much but I'm like okay one night you win eight to two next night you get like shut out by Jonathan Quick, which Jonathan Quick, I think he's an amazing goalie, but he is past his prime. It looked like Jonathan Quick was in his prime in that moment. I'm like, he's not. He's not. And you just let up eight on him the other day. So why are you shut out by him now? Now they're without Darnell Nurse. You know, they lost five, four in overtime the other night. And I just, it looks like that's how it's going to be another year of a first round exit for the Oilers. And ugh, I don't know. I hate it. It's not fun and I the series just makes me angry um I have nothing else to say do you want to move into pop culture y'all I feel like we can just split the stuff that I put down because I knew you were kind of in a rush today um as we sort of close out the show we have a couple segments we do every week to kind of end things on a lighter note the first of which being our pop culture shit of the week. The only thing I have to talk about, I don't know if you have anything you want to talk about, is the Tom Brady Fox deal. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love, and it's like, I feel like this has been the conversation around this topic for the past few days is how he retired and was like, yeah, I want to spend more time with Giselle and the kids. And like, I want to be a dad and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, okay, JK, I spent like two weeks with the kids in Italy and I'm fucking over it. I'm going to play football again. And now he's like, oh yeah, 10 years when I'm done couple. Yeah. Let's fucking do it. I love 
Tom Brady, I am so tired of hearing about him every single fucking week. There is no one on earth who loves attention more than Tom fucking Brady. I'm like, uh, why is this even being announced now? You're playing next. Like, why is this being announced right now? It's like, oh, haven't been in the headlines for a couple weeks. Uh, By the way, I just signed the biggest deal. Like, shut up. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. I'm so fucking tired about hearing about Tom Brady. Go spend time with your kids. You're a deadbeat fucking dad. I don't care. You know what? I'm going to say this. I don't care because like there, you cannot tell me that he is a good dad considering I don't care how much time he's at home because he's not at home. There is no way he's a fucking good dad. There is no fucking chance. My mom just came downstairs to yell at me for talking shit about Tom Brady. (laughs) I just, I'm tired. I just wish he would shut the fuck up. Like I, I, nobody, you are correct. Nobody loves attention more than Tom Brady. I'm fucking over it. Shut up and go away. You old man. (laughs) Go be a parent. You're going to play next season. Why don't you focus on that? Like, why do we need to be, oh, Tom Brady's going to be, okay. And I'm sure it's going to be made a big deal again when he retires again. And then yeah. we'll be like, well, now he's going to Fox and we'll have to hear about it all over again. Like, it's just the same. That's the thing. You can't tell me that he didn't know he was coming back. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot. Like, what was the point? Why did we all have to go through that? And it'll just be another year of boys posting Tom Brady to their Instagram story, like their old fucking friends. <laughs> we all know that I crave chaos. And I'm kind of, I know Patriots fans will never and can never hate Tom Brady, but I'm hoping that he just pisses people off bad enough to the point where all of Patriots Nation is just like, all right, shut the fuck up. See, I love him. I do, but I'm just like enough quiet 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 like there's so much going on right now there's NBA playoffs there's NHL playoffs and you're just like how do I make this me? <laughs> it's true it's true I'm fucking over Tom Brady and like I'm not a Tom Brady hater I think that he's fucking unreal he's a great guy great interview like one of the nicest people I've ever met like whatever I'm fucking tired of you shut the fuck up <laughs> um do you have pop culture uh, I don't think so Okay. Tea party segments. I have two things that I wanted to talk about. I don't know if you've seen either of these. One of them being that Josh Lambeau is suing the Jaguars after Urban Meyer kicked him for creating um, an unsafe and unhealthy workplace. First of all, I think that this is an obvious lawsuit. Second of all, I did see woke Jags Twitter being like, oh, this just helps the owner Shad Khan's case against Urban Meyer and not paying his salary. And it's cheaper if they win this lawsuit in claiming that he created an unsafe and unhealthy work environment. So they don't have to pay out his salary, which is obviously way, way less than like, I think that this lawsuit's for like 3.2 million or something like that. Whereas Urban Meyer's contract was pretty huge. I did not know any of this. I remember you talking about him what, what did you kick him? He, so Josh Lambeau is the former Jaguars kicker who got cut. Yeah. And during training camp or early season, Urban Meyer kicked Josh Lambeau. And Josh was like, what the fuck? And he was like, you're my player. Like, I'll kick you whenever I feel like. Okay. Yeah, I remember hearing about this. I just assumed, obviously, that it was going to be a lawsuit. I didn't know that it was like just made official. Yeah. 
So that I think as much as I do think that that's an obvious lawsuit on Josh Lambeau's part, especially because he was cut and I'm 99.9% sure he's not on an NFL roster right now. That's an obvious lawsuit on his part, but it actually would really help the Jags case to not pay out Urban Meyer's contract. So I think that that's an easy lawsuit on both sides, in my opinion. Um, The one that I think that you might have seen, I think you know who Chris Paul is. Yes. Chris Paul, his family was in the stands for a game a couple of nights ago in the playoffs. And it came out on Twitter that someone put their hands on his mom or his family or whatever. And then the video surfaced of like a 16 year old kid being escorted out of the game as like the expected like perpetrator of this like fan harassing his family, maybe putting his hands on someone. And there's like a video of him being escorted and the entire son's team like staring at him and Chris Paul like fucking screaming at this kid while his mom walks him out. Holy shit. Yeah. So I'm like, first of all, Twitter has like kind of blown up in like polar opposite directions of this kid so young. Fuck you, Chris Paul, for threatening this kid's life. And then the other side of Twitter that's like, I don't care how old you are, where you're from, what gender you are, whatever, you put your hands on my mom, you're dead. Yeah. So also, I'm like, okay, it's not like he's like six, he's 16. It hasn't he's come out. Yeah, so I was watching before we hopped on there, the ESPN NBA insider who's covering the Suns playoff series was like, nothing has really come out of this so far, like, uh, nothing like no new updates, whatever. It's not confirmed if this was like, whatever, but I'm like, I just, the fact that like a 16 year old potentially put his hands on somebody, like, I don't know who to believe. I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. Like, I don't see Chris Paul as being the type to get mad if it wasn't true. Yeah. So I'm, but like, I think that that's insane. Yeah. I just think if you're putting your hands on anyone, especially one, a woman two a player's mother, you've got shit coming for you and it's deserved. Yeah. So Chris Paul was screaming after him. He was like, I'll catch you outside. I'll see you outside. So like Twitter was just so split between you're like, you know, threatening to kill a 16 year old, or I don't care how old you are. You're fucking dead. Yeah, I'm kind of the fuck that kid. Yeah, <laughs> if it's true, if it's true, same. Um, tweets of the week. I have a tweet of the week. Um, do you? Nope. My tweet of the week was, yes, there's been this kid, guy, he's a grown-ass man, trolling me the entire Buck series just repeatedly tweeting me that I'm not a real Bucks fan. I'm not a Giants fan. All of my fandom is fake and that I'm just trying to get picked up by some big betting website so I can catch a bag and dip. Why would you pick like three random teams then? And also what the fuck would a betting company care? (laughs) Also, exactly. I was like, first of all, why would a betting company care about my allegiances to teams? Second of all, how would that make me better at my job? Third of all, the four teams that I support have fucking sucked my entire life outside of the Bucks winning one national or one championship last year. And I have the fucking jerseys over the decade to prove it. You can scroll back through my Instagram and me at games with my baby cousins in fucking Della Vadova jerseys. Okay. <laughs> so what the fuck like the Jags the Sharks the Giants were good in like the mid like 2010s early 2000s yeah. whatever fine 
the fucking Jags, the Bucks, the Sharks, and the Giants, and you want to tell me I'm a fake fucking fan? Hello? <laughs> like, it's not like I'm like a, yeah, I'm a Lakers, Cavaliers, um, Patriots. I don't, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> get, throw up and get out of here. I would say, if you're going to be a fake fan, I would pick winning teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real. Do you think I'd be fucking rolling with the Jags? <laughs> like, Hello? um so that guy's my that guy's my uh tweeter of the week congrats to that guy who keeps trolling me I kind of love you (laughs) um do you have any closing thoughts slash a score prediction for the game tonight I was gonna say closing thoughts Bruins and seven score prediction for tonight I'm going four three Bruins all right um, I have no closing thoughts. So thank you for listening to Saturdays and Seltzers. Keep on sipping, y'all, and we will see you next week. Gotta on mute, cause they love that view. Keep looking at you, ain't nothing new. This is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. But Sundays are for the boys, but Saturdays for the girls. Get them, girl, get them, girl. Cause this is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. But Sundays are for the boys, but Saturdays for the girls. Get them, girl, get them, girl. Saturday, y'all. Uh, Saturdays and Celsius. <laughs> With your host, Kendra and Sarah. Uh, y'all know who it is. It's your boy KR. Spot a kiss on the track. <laughs> Let's go.